Joe. And this is Ubaldi Brief. So what's going on, Joe? I guess the Tim Scott thing is still churning a little bit. And when it comes to the parties, and I know we have several, but the most the bigger party that we focus on is Democrats, Republicans. What, Correct. In your opinion, and also maybe leading to some fact that you might have in the back of your brain, who tends to be more racist? That's a good question to ask, because everybody assumes the Republican Party is the racist part. Only because the Democrats are saying that we're racist. Exactly. Now, if you go over the years, starting back from the formation of the Republican Party came, was evolved after the disillusion of the Whig Party, and that was over slavery. And the Republican Party became the anti-slavery party and elected its first president in Abraham Lincoln. Okay. They said at one point, not too long ago, that the parties almost switched. The parties, of, without going and spending the whole podcast on the evolutions of the parties, merge and go in the meandering of different waves. Like an example, Republicans used to be the isolationist party mm-hmm. up until the end of World War II. That was the one of the reasons why Dwight Eisenhower ran for president, because Senator Taft, who was the grandson of Howard Howard Taft, who was president after uh, Theodore Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. He was very isolationist, and he didn't want to take the country back to its isolationist roots prior to World War II. So he joined the Republican Party. He accepted the Republican nomination and won the presidency. The, The Democrats evolved over the decades, and they became the party of civil rights. Some of the Republicans were against that, but also a lot of Southern Democrats were against the Civil Rights Act. So there's just an evolution. But recently, it just seems the Democrats, they're the party of the Enlightenment, where the Republicans are the party of the darkness and the racist party. But if you look at the policies, and I've written many articles about this, if you look at the parties, the the Democrats, like in the cities, like prior to the George uh, Floyd death in Minneapolis, California, there was a columnist that I always followed, a guy named Dan Walters, who writes for Cal Matters, which is a nonpartisan news organization in California. Hmm. And he reported that 70% of Black and Hispanic children in California, this is pre-pandemic, are deficient at grade level in math and English. Yeah. So when the George Floyd situation happened, okay, I wanted to look, okay, what's Minneapolis like? The same thing. And I went around the country, and if you look at almost all the urban centers, they've been controlled by one party for decades. Now, here's an example, Joe. How old are you? 43. Many of these cities, like I looked at Louisville, Kentucky, where they had the Breonna Taylor incident. They hadn't had a Republican mayor since before you were born. Okay. You weren't even born when they had the last one. You go to Chicago, goes back to 1932. A lot of these, when they talk about systemic racism, housing, healthcare, education, these are all local matters. And a lot of these big urban centers have strong mayor form of government. Now, what that means, the mayor and the city council run the city. In a weaker city manager type like Sacramento, Sacramento, the main authority relies in the city manager to make the key decisions. So when a strong mayor runs the government, they have direct influence who's on the boards and commissions, who's going to be elected to the city council, who's going to be elected to the school board. And if you look at, let's say, Baltimore, Baltimore has been run by the Democrats since the late 1960s. I'm not saying they can't run or not efficient, but Baltimore hasn't had a white mayor since 2007. Okay. 
So they've had problems in their mayor's office where whoever was mayor, I think the last couple were convicted of corruption or resigned because of corruption. Then you go to Washington, D.C. The mayor of D.C. has been there since 2015. Yet that city is $3 billion in debt. 70% of their children who are African-American are deficient at grade level in math and English. But these issues aren't brought up. It's always systemic racism. And going back to Baltimore, the school board chief, she makes a quarter of a million dollars. All the while, 70% of African-Americans and Hispanics are deficient at grade level. And they had a report, I think a couple, about a month or two ago, that nine out of 13 high schools, each high school has around 3,000 students. Not one student was able to pass math or English to grade level, but yet they're graduating these kids and they're two or three grade levels behind. What kind of job are they going to get? So when they look about systemic racism, these cities are controlled by their communities. Baltimore and Washington is a prime example. They have a black mayor, black police chief, majority black city councilman. The African-Americans control the school, but yet their kids aren't up to par. So they put the systemic racism on Republicans. Oh, this is what the Republicans will do. They're the ones that want school choice. They're the ones that want children to have better outcomes by getting a better education. Let the parents make the decisions. You think it's more of them projecting? Like they're the problem, but they say, but in order to garner the minority vote, they just push it on somebody else saying that. Okay, but you made a good point maybe in a different way, is to get the minority vote, they gen up racism. You notice every four years or every two years when they have a major election, they throw the race card out so cavalier, like he's a racist, he's a racist. Like what they did to Donald Trump. Now, people can dispute this, but he had the lowest level black unemployment ever recorded. He gave black jobs. He funded predominantly black universities and colleges that even Barack Obama did. Wait, he set up funding for black colleges. What was it called? Where it's constant, not, yeah, they would have to come in almost every year and ask for more funding. Yeah, but here's another issue. We also, the Democrats always push this race issue. Everything is like Joe Biden and the Democrats, especially during 2020, keep saying systemic racism, but it really isn't systemic racism or is it just failure of democratic policies? Now, the one problem with all this is the media. The media should be the watchdog against government. There's a famous Russian dissident named Alexander Solzhenitsyn who spent many years in a Russian gulag. He comes to, gets exiled, comes to Washington, D.C. This is 1978. And he really went out and gave a commencement speech. And he said at the bottom of the speech, when he talked about the media, you say you're the watchdog against government. Who watches you when you falsely report a story or you twist a story to meet your narrative? We have the Washington Post when Donald Trump called the Georgia election officials, even Jonathan Turley, the constitutional scholar from George Washington, said it was wrong for Trump to do that. But the Washington Post fabricated quotes and attributed it to Donald Trump that he never said what the story came out in January. And then three months later, the Washington Post backtracks and we got it wrong. And then it was shown that they fabricated or lied to make up these quotes. Mm -hmm. So my question is, why hasn't the media questioned 
these mayors. I don't care if you're black, brown, or come from Pluto. I know Pluto's not a planet, but I don't care where you come from. Why hasn't the media questioned, like the city of Baltimore, explain to me, to the CEO of Baltimore's education system, you make a quarter of a million dollars. Nine out of 13 high schools, not one student can pass math or English to grade level. Mm -hmm. When you have the third highest per pupil spending, and then about sometime, I think it was sometime this year, they found out one student was getting ready to graduate. They, they weren't going to graduate because they found out for three over three years, he only passed three classes. And his mom was like, just found out. Now, there's other issues involved, but what's going on here? And yet you're making a quarter of a million dollars salary? Like you go to Chicago. Here's another glaring example where the media failed to. I just stumbled into this. The Chicago Tribune wrote a story at the end of 2020. It came out. They had a sexual assault in the Chicago Unified School District where 500 girls were sexually assaulted over a 10-year period. And one girl was sexually assaulted three times by a volunteer track coach who was, I think, a two-time or three-time felon. How did that person even get around kids? And the people that were involved, this is under former Mayor Rahm Emanuel, and it conditioned over into the current mayor. Why hasn't anybody been prosecuted? The federal government came out with a report and just slammed them, but no one's held accountable. Why hasn't the media jumped in on that? Yeah, and you would think they would because it's a hot story. So for our listeners, maybe get their opinion or their view about what side might have more racist intentions than the other. Or another thing we could say, I would like to let our listeners know, what do you think? Is it racism or is it just failure of governmental policy in these communities? Because we're spending a lot of money with education. We're spending close to $800 billion a year, and yet we get poor results. So is it racism or is it just poor governmental policies? That I would like our listeners to email us and that. Yeah, and how can you do that, John? You can do that by going to UbaldiReports at gmail.com. That's UbaldiReports at gmail.com, or they can go to Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook and type in Ubaldi Reports. If you go to Ubaldi Reports, you can go on Facebook, you can go to Ubaldi Reports group and leave a message there. And also we're getting ready to, to redo live streaming. We're just trying to work the bugs out. But Joe, why don't you tell them what we're also really getting close to getting ready to do? Oh, we're getting ready to launch our Patreon. We'll be giving out links. We'll be sending them out via Facebook group and our social media platforms. And with that, you're going to get more of a, you're going to get an uncensored, very opinionated podcast where John and I can really express our true selves in an, in an uncensored platform. And it's going to be called Ubaldi Reports Declassified. And it's going to, you're just going to be able to hear just two Marines go at it about what's going on in the country, not along, as well as the administration. And uh, just keep an eye out for that link. And until then, everybody have a good day. Hey, keep listening to Ubaldi Brief. Okay. Are we still recording? No, we're done. But it still says record. Does it? Uh, yeah.